from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Even though it's a holiday week, we're between holidays. We still got to do our Tuesday 415 feature here on The Drive. By the way, Dennis Cox sitting in for Tim Donnelly this afternoon. Just because Tim's not here doesn't mean we can't cop or drop. This is where Graham Hill, who's producing the show today, lays out scenarios, lays out questions, and I tell you if I'm copping or if I'm dropping. All right, Graham, what you got? Cop or drop. The Carolina Panthers will win the remaining two games. Dropping. I went three last week, so dropping I'm going. It. Dropping it. Mm. I'm unfortunately going to drop it. Now, here's the thing. They do play the Jacksonville Jaguars this coming Sunday. Jaguars... Maybe without the services of starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence because of a sprained AC joint in his shoulder to be determined. So I'm not entirely sure what's going to be the quarterback situation, but the team only has two wins all season. I'm not going to sit there and say they're going to win three of their last four. That's what it would be if they win their next two. Now, here's an interesting scenario. Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, who is the final game of the season for the, the Carolina Panthers, Carolina might go into that game against a Bucks team that might have everything wrapped up. Yeah. Because the Bucks right now are a game ahead at eight and seven right now, if I remember correctly. They're eight and seven. They're ahead of both Atlanta and New Orleans by a game. Now, New Orleans and Tampa play each other this coming week. They're seven and eight. Now, if Atlanta loses and Tampa Bay beats the Saints. Tampa's got the division wrapped up. We'll have nine wins. Division's wrapped up. They might sit a bunch of guys. They might sit Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield in that final game of the regular season. So who knows? Things might get a little weird. Last game of the season? Who knows? But uh, I I will drop that, though. I'm not saying they won't be competitive because they've been competitive the last couple of weeks, obviously, winning one and losing just by three in the other. But I'm going to drop it. Fair enough. And it's also worth noting last time they played the Buccaneers on December 3rd, only a 21 to 18 loss. So it could be it, it could be right down there. Rain from, oh, yeah, that's right. It because was. They had a lead. Here's an interesting stat about the Carolina Panthers, by the way. They had the lead in that one, and then it was one play, 75 yards. Mike Evans just takes off uh, and catches a touchdown, just runs through everybody. And Mike Evans, even in year 10, is playing probably playing the best of his career. Uh, and he's been great in his career. But Carolina Panthers are the only team in the entire NFL that has not held a fourth-quarter lead at this point in the season. Now, they've won two games, but both of those games, they won on a field goal as time expired. So they led for zero seconds in the fourth quarter of of each of their two wins. Um, So, yeah, it's it's amazing how it works. Um, By the way, Here's an interesting stat for you. I know you're going you're to ask me a Canes question, I think, popping up because you, you dropped the graphic here yep. for those watching on Sports Fan. Uh, speaking of the Canes, just because you don't lead in late, actually like hold a lead for actually an actual measured amount of time, here's, here's the stat that always stands out to me because talking about the Carolina Hurricanes. Go back to 2019 in the playoffs where they've made the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. And they played that opening round series against the Washington Capitals. They had to play four games on the road in Washington in that seven-game series. They led for a total of zero seconds in those road games. In four road games, 
They led for zero seconds, yet still won game seven without actually leading a game on the road in four games. Even that pivotal game seven in Washington, they overcame a two-goal deficit. Yep. They tied it, and then they scored the game winner, so you you led for zero seconds. Uh, they won it in double overtime. Justin Williams finding uh, Brock McGinn. But it's, that's that's the stat that will always stand out to me from that series. All right. I know you want to ask me a copper drop question about the Canes. I miss those times. I know. Copper too. drop. Not much is going to change with the Carolina Hurricanes record-wise until they acquire a goaltender. Until they acquire a goaltender? Um, or make some sort of long-term goaltender moves. I would drop that because here's the thing. But the caveat of this. They still need to go get a goalie. Now, their record can improve because I, the stat that I brought up over the last 15 games, the Carolina Hurricanes, six wins, five losses in regulation, four losses in overtime or a shootout. You flip those two shootout losses to wins, you're looking at eight wins, five losses, two losses in OT. Eight wins in 15 sounds a lot better than six wins in 15. So you're looking at things a lot differently. Mentality and things are a lot different, even just off two shootout losses. But here's where you run into any team can run into this problem where you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know what, we're right there. You look at, ah, oh, you know what, one goal loss here to Winnipeg, two to one on the road in, in regulation. Ah, shootout loss to Washington, a shootout loss to, to Pittsburgh. Ah, an overtime, overtime loss here, an overtime loss here. Ah, one goal loss against the Islanders. Ah, we're, we're just right there, guys. But sometimes just right there can prevent you from actually making the move that you need to to get you back to going from, ah, we're just right there to, ah, we're not only there, we're beyond there, we're above it. So I I I think they can still turn their record around without making a move in goal at least in the short term, but for long term for the I hope I'm answering your question correctly based off what you asked me. They can turn their record around in the short term, but for the long term the remainder of the season, yeah, they got to make a move. Yeah. Because I know Freddie Anderson is cleared to return to the ice and they're projecting maybe about a month before he can possibly be playing. So we're looking at late January, early February for for Freddie Anderson. But he's coming off a blood clotting issue. You don't know if that's going to resurface in in some way, shape, or form. And for for his sake, not just as a a player on the ice, but for just his overall health. Long-term health. Just him as a human being. I hope that's the last time he ever has to deal with this in his life. Because that can lead to potentially some messy stuff down the road. And I really hope he doesn't have to deal with that. But there's no guarantee that that... that it doesn't resurface. I still think they got to make a move. You reference you reference the 2019 season. As mm-hmm. you mentioned, there's all these scenarios of there was that shootout loss. There was that overtime loss. We almost had it there. We almost had it here. Yeah. I don't want it to be the final game of the regular season come the first week of April. And it's like it was in 2019 where Whew. if they beat the Devils, they were in. If not, the season was over. Mm-hmm. They had to get a little help. From Washington, actually. Yeah. Washington I, had to beat Montreal. I, I'm starting to fear, Dennis, that that could be a real scenario come the first week in April. You know what? And as long as you get in, that's all that matters. As long as you get in, that's even if you're the 8C. Gosh, we saw the Florida Panthers as the 8C go all the way to the Stanley Cup. It's not unheard of. Just get in. Yeah. Just get in. But they, for the short term, 
I'll drop that they need to make a goaltending change to improve the record, but long-term over the course of the season, I'll cop that they do need to make a goalie change. We'll actually dive into that at 445. Moving on to college basketball, Copper drop with one more non-conference game left before ACC play officially starts. North Carolina's the best college basketball team in the state currently. In the state of North Carolina? I'll cop that. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they're on for the podium this week. I had them at number one. Um, I think UNC, the way they're playing right now, I think the guys on the team know their role in terms of what they're asked to do, which I still think because of injury, Duke is still figuring that out because Tyrese Proctor is out. They're still trying to figure out what to do in the low post. They've shortened the bench already. John Shire has at Duke. And NC State, I love their depth at guard. I really do. They have a ton of guards they can throw at you. And I really like their backcourt overall a lot. But with MJ Rice coming in off of injury, and now Cam Woods all of a sudden now being eligible, what are guys' roles going forward? Who knows? And I think Kevin Keats is still trying to figure out who the roles are. Guys are still trying to figure out what their role is, the rotation, the minutes, and so on. There's a lot of really good pieces at State still trying to figure things out. We just haven't seen it yet from Wake Forest. They've played – their three losses have been relatively close. And it's beginning to get some good competition, but their their losses. We've seen Carolina truly play the toughest schedule of all the four – really of any school actually here in the state of North Carolina. I'll include all the, the mid-majors as well. They've played five ranked schools. They're three and two in them, but they still played five. So, yeah, I'll, def- I'll cop that they're the best one right now for sure. Sticking with North Carolina, mm-hmm. but moving over to football. With a win tomorrow against West Virginia in the Dukes Mayor Bowl, North Carolina football redeems their season this year. Drop. Drop that. Um, well, actually, is that your final one? It can be. Drop? I mean, it's up to you. So I'll dive here into Carolina football here in actually just a little bit. I planned that for after Copper Drop. Um, well, let's get into it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The reason why I drop it is because they, the last two seasons, Carolina has sputtered down the stretch, right? They were talking, we were talking, they were 4-0 going into their off week, and then all of a sudden, you just, your number one wide receiver is eligible. Tez Walker, hey, you're allowed to play. NCAA says you're eligible, you're ready to play. So an already good offense is just getting another weapon. We saw what Tez Walker and Drake May can do out there. With all the talent that they've had on both sides of the ball, for them to sputter down the stretch for a second straight season, yeah, you can win the Dukes-Mayo Bowl against West Virginia and finish the season with nine wins. But everything that could have been this season for UNC, you're allowed one bad loss, the loss to George. They lost to Virginia. There was your one. Then you followed up with another bad loss to Georgia Tech, and you got run out of the building against NC State. Like You looked bad down the stretch. You really did. So, no, even a win in a bowl game, it's not going to do things. Unless that bowl game 
unless that bowl game was the Orange Bowl or a couple years back, one of these big New Year's well, Six bowls. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's different because a couple years ago, okay, well, they made it to the Orange Bowl when Sam Howell and all that in his last year. Hey, you're playing in a New Year's Six bowl. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, there's no redeeming a season when you're in the Orange Bowl. You know, you accomplish your goals. Well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah, you got to a New Year's Six bowl game for Carolina, which is great, especially because a few years before that, under Larry Fedora, that was a pipe dream. But this year, there are aspirations. There's legit talk of like, hey, you know what? Carolina's in the top ten. If things go right, they win out. They play Florida State in the ACC championship game. If they backdoor their way into the CFP. That was legit talk, not just from people around here. That was a national conversation. Yeah. Because you look at the last two seasons, like, wait, you have a one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft, like a, a legit top five pick in Drake May. You have first-team All-American running back in Omari and Hampton. You have a guy who's going to be a borderline first-round pick, if not a second-round pick in Tez Walker, a wide receiver. How many college football programs can say they got that? Not many. Carolina did that on offense, and they got some talent on defense too. But for some reason, some way, shape, or form, Carolina just could not put it together each of the last two seasons over the last four weeks. They couldn't do it. And it's – so, yeah, even if you win the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, I know I know Mac Brown actually called the game the – like the new opportunity bowl. By the way, you're going to be at the Dukes-Mayo Bowl tomorrow, Graham. Correct. No Tez Walker. He's not playing. Uh, he's going to the NFL draft. Elijah Huzzy, defensive back. He's not playing, going to the draft. Cedric Ray, linebacker, going to the draft. Drake May, not playing, he's going to the draft. So you're looking at uh, Connor Harrell is going to start for Carolina. I think he really only played in one game this season. That was against Campbell. Yep. Had a rush in and throwing touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, looked great. But, again, you're you're playing against a program like Campbell. Uh, it's not to knock Campbell. And what now that they're now former coach Mike Mintz are built down there, but they're an FCS school. You're supposed to do those. Came things. in with a three touchdown lead, too, or three touchdown plus lead. Supposed to do those things. This is such a crucial offseason for Carolina football. Like I said, the last two seasons down the stretch just fizzled. And it's not because of lack of talent, it's good. Like they're good. Now they get Max Johnson, uh, transfer portal. Quarterback coming in from Texas A&M. He's transferring in. Uh, his brother's transferring in as well. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to have to be willing to work the transfer portal and find guys. And they're going to really figure out who's going to stick around and who's going to stay. But this this offseason is massive for, for Mac Brown because obviously you're replacing a ton of talent, but next season is going to be huge because if they start off hot again and they fizzle down the stretch, it's going to be like, all right, this is – this is just who you are. So yeah, this upcoming year is big time. And that's my that was my next question I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you. All right, hit me. At what point does it no longer become a problem with the level of cal- caliber of talented players that you have, mm-hmm. but more of the coaching staff? Oh, that I mean, here's the thing. You got the talent. Everyone acknowledges the talent they have in their field. I mean, there's a reason why they have a top 30 recruiting class. Once again, I think they were 27th this up this recruiting cycle that just just passed. So guys will be coming in for the upcoming season. They're 27th. They've been consistently a top 30 recruiting classes every single year. They got four and five star guys there. 
they got guys getting drafted into the NFL. They have more guys drafted into the NFL this past year than than NC State did. NC State had one. It was Chandler Zavala by the Panthers. Yeah. That's it. Carolina had multiple guys get drafted into the NFL. So they got talent. So, yeah, how are you coaching them? How are you developing that talent? That's the big thing we've we've heard from Dave Doran is like, hey, you come here, we're going to develop you. We're going to build you up as a player. So that's yeah, that to me, you do put that a lot on coaching. And I'm not and I'm not saying this to put blame on Mac Brown, but it seems like after some of these losses, the Virginia loss, the Georgia Tech loss, mm-hmm. the state loss, it was always I gotta do a better job of coaching them. I gotta do a better job of getting them prepared yeah. for the game. I want to go underneath the iceberg, underneath the surface of just the coaching talk and find out what is happening when you have this amount of talented players, these four-star, five-star guys, and then when one loss, like a Virginia loss, Georgia Tech last year, what happens where, I'm not going to say the motivation is no longer there, but it just seems like the window kind of closes on the opportunities that they had set before them prior to the season. And windows were open, because I know you're going to be there tomorrow. I know you've you've been been at covering UNC football this entire season for WRL sports fan. Next time you're in there, when he, when a coach says, hey, I got to do a better job, ask how, like what, like what is it that you got to do? Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you find out where your flaw is coach? Like what, what is it? Ask Mac that. Hey, I could do a better job getting prepared. I could do a better job coaching him. Okay. How? That's always here, like when, when Frank Reich was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, like, oh, we just got to play better. Okay, well, how? You, we say that every week, oh, we got to be better. Okay, how? <laughs> like, what? Give me something tangible. Say, like, yeah, well, we got to work hard. Everyone works hard. A lot of people out there work hard, but you're doing the right thing. So, yeah, that's a, I want you to ask that, Graham. All right, noted. Next time you're there. When you're there in Charlotte tomorrow for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, West Virginia versus UNC. If you hear that from Mac Brown, hey, coach, how? Following a loss. We'll we'll have to figure out what to ask if they win. Hey, if they win, props to them. Props to them if they win. And here's – you got to give – especially these bowl games, you got to give guys and teams all credit, especially coaches when it comes to these bowl games because you have guys in your staff that are leaving, going for other jobs and other opportunities, which is totally understandable, totally fine. I used to coach college sports. I know what it's like to move on to another school and to another place. I get it. But you look at the, all the roster turnover. Like I mentioned, no Tez Walker, no Drake May, no, you know, no Elijah Huzzy, no Cedric Ray. Like guys are in the transfer portal that aren't playing. Guys that may have had been dealing with injuries during the course of the season that may have had a, a surgery to repair said injury aren't playing in the bowl game. So roster management and all that stuff is actually very, very difficult this time of year for college coaches. That's everywhere. So if they get a win in this one, you got to give credit to where it's due. Like you got to give respect to, to Mac Brown for taking guys and playing in different roles or maybe guys that didn't really play a whole lot this season and asking them to do more. Yeah. Or to do something different. You gotta give the you gotta give the guys credit for that. I'm exaggerating when I say this, but it seems like a bigger spring game as far as just your roster management, seeing who you had Kinda, throughout the season. I see what you're saying with that. But yeah, the, it, the roster management this time of year. I mean, it's even for Dave Doran, it's tough because he's not gonna have Peyton Wilson out there playing. Yeah. You know, like there's some guys that are gonna be sitting or guys in the transfer portal. It's just it happens. It just happens, it's happening everywhere.